Turn with me please this evening to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and the uh, 11th verse, excuse me, uh, 12th verse would be a good place to start. He said, for as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. Thank you, Lord. That's our text, verse 18. But now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. We began last week on a new series we're calling Graces and Places. The Bible has a lot to say about our place in Him, in the body, and about our grace and graces that equip us to be in our place. Read that verse again. Who has set every person in the body? God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased who? Him. Him. There is a place where every one of us fit. Do you believe it? And we camped a lot of our time last week on looking at Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that revealed that every one of us have grace that equips us and enables us for our God-set and ordained place. I'm excited about this series. Are you? Stir up and believe with me. I don't believe that we're supposed to just having things to hear teaching and take notes, but for there to be adjustment and changes in us. And that if we hadn't been in our place, we'd get in our place. If we have found our place, we become more fruitful in our place and fully fill our place. Do the full job and develop more and more. The Bible talks about growing in grace. So there's always more growth that can be had. God has set the members. How many of them? Every one of them in the body as it had pleased him. Back up to verse uh, 13. And this describes... The new birth. By one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Somebody says that's the spirit. Isn't that talking about being baptized in the spirit? No. Read it. What does it say? We're baptized into what? Not into the spirit. Into the body. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body. 
What does that mean? Well, what is baptism? Baptism is immersion. That's why sprinkling is not a proper type of baptism. It's just not. Because you're not sprinkled with the body of Christ. You are immersed, placed into the element and environment of the body of Christ. Into the body. You're not on the body, outside the body, around the body. You are in the body. And when you were born again, the Holy Spirit put you there. Oh, hallelujah. This is shouting ground right here. (laughs) When you believed on Jesus, you confessed your sins, and you confessed Jesus as Lord of your life, and you were born again, the Holy Spirit immersed, put you into the body of Christ. And He didn't put you just wherever happened to be open. (laughs) Well, we had another 100,000 new births across the earth today. Or where did I put this one? Well, we had another 600,000. I just put them where where you got room. We got room in the attic up here. Okay, put them up here. Just line them all up. No. No. How many of the Lord knows the end from the beginning? And every time somebody is born again, that's another living stone that is sealed into the eternal temple of God. That's another living body part. And when you're born again, you are born that part of the body. The analogy is... You might be a finger, or you might be a toe, or you might be a piece of an ear, or a piece of a liver. I said, I don't want to be a piece of a liver. Do you like your liver? (laughs) Every part. This chapter goes on to say, some of the parts are more attractive outwardly, and some of them are more seen, but all the parts are needful. And the parts you think are not all that attractive, just try doing without them. I mean, a funny-shaped gland could get to looking beautiful to you. (laughs) If you didn't have one and it's not working and you're not going to make it, you could say, man, that's the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my... All the body parts are important and needful. And when you're born again, the Holy Spirit places you into the body of Christ. Can you say, thank you, Lord? And then he went on to say, and we've all been made to drink into one spirit. That would include the baptism. You can drink till you get full. And in overflowing. And he talks about the body's one, but has many members. And verse 18, it says, God has set the members. How many of them again? Every one of them in the body. And where did he put them? Not randomly, not just wherever it was convenient. Where did he put every member of the body exactly where it pleased him for you to be? He knows what you are. He knows what you're good at and what you're not. What you're graced to be and what you're not graced to be. Where you will do well and where you won't do well. So if we got any smarts about us, (laughs) we will seek his plan for our life. Knowing we can't alter it and improve on it. Knowing nothing we come up with will be as good. 
Do you want His plan for your life? Do you want to find your God-ordained place? Yes, you do. You'll never be satisfied until you do. God has set every one of them in the body as it has pleased Him. Not as it pleased you, not as it pleased your father and mother, not as it pleased the preachers, as it pleased Him. Let me remind you uh, that every one of us have grace gifts that enable us to be in this place. Don't turn there, just listen. We read these last week. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 says, Every man has his proper gift of God, one after this manner, another after that. Ephesians 4, 7 says, Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Romans 12, verse 3 He said, think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith and having gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. 1 Peter 4 and 10, as every man has received the gift. Who has received gifts? Are you established in that? Who? Do you have grace gifts in you? Do you? Go to Ephesians, please, the second chapter. If I'm repetitious, it's for a reason. It's not enough to catalog these things in your mind. It's got to get in your spirit. How would you know if it was in your spirit? You'd get excited, right? (laughs) If you're thinking, oh, I know that. I've been knowing that a long time. Oh, you ain't got it yet. If it's just old hat to you. Because when it's revelation to you, it's alive in you. When it's alive in you, you can't help but get stirred up. (laughs) Sometimes people ask, is all that really necessary? All that shouting and carrying on. Well, it's just obvious they hadn't been full enough. Or they wouldn't be asking such questions. In a matter of necessary. It's a matter you get full enough, you're going to express it. You are. If you're not expressing it, you're not full enough. It's just a fact. You're full of something else. I I preached a message one time called, What Are You Full Of? And you can really meddle with that one, boy. You can really, you can really go some places. But the truth is, people are full of all kinds of stuff. They... You know, they're full of the news. They're full of soap operas. They're full of sports. They're full of romance novels. They're full of ungodly music. Did you hear me? People are full of religion. That's some of the worst stuff there is. (laughs) I'm serious. Because it replaces the Word of God. People have replaced the Word of God with their traditional religion. And they think they got God. They think they got the Word and it's junk. But of course, if you're full of all that stuff, it's not going to make you excited. It's not going to give you joy. It's not going to give you peace. And you can tell what people are full of by what they're expressing in their life. I'm telling you, being full of God, being full of the Spirit, being full of faith, being full of the Word will give you joy. It'll give you joy and it'll give you peace. If you don't have enough to ever express any of it, you're just not full enough of the right thing. I didn't say you wasn't saved. You're just not full enough of the right thing. You can be saved, name in the last book of life, running on empty. 
You understand that? <laughs> Ephesians, did you get there? The second chapter. Now, I believe we've established, if you were listening, that every one of us has been placed in the body as it has pleased the Lord our God. And every one of us, somebody say every one of us. That includes who? You. Every one of us has grace gifts in us that equip us and enable us to be in our place and to function and be fruitful in our place. Now I want to camp some more on this though, that the place that we have and the grace that has been given us is God-ordained. You understand what I mean by that? God ordained. Ephesians and the uh, second chapter talking about grace. It says, uh, verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you're saved. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now, grace is one of the biggest words in the Bible. Sometimes you'll hear somebody say, what is grace? And a lot of people say, well, it's unmerited favor. It is that, but it's so much more. That's a technical definition. The grace of God is everything you ever wanted. Everything you ever needed. Huh? Everything. With enough grace in your life, you can overcome anything. Anything. How many believe His grace is sufficient and more than enough? I said with enough grace in your life, you can overcome anything. Even if you don't know enough, His grace will teach you what you don't know. Even if you're too weak in and of yourself, by His grace, He'll quicken you and strengthen you. He'll add to what you're coming short of. Hallelujah. And you will overcome and make it out victorious on the other side. And when people ask you how you did it, you'll say, oh, God was so gracious to me. I mean, I didn't know and he had to teach me this and I felt like giving up, but he propped me up and strengthened me. With enough grace, you can make it through anything. You can overcome anything. With enough grace, you can receive anything. With enough grace, you can do anything. And be anything. And it's only by the grace of God that you and I can be the body parts that we were meant to be. It's only by this grace. But both the place and the grace are God-ordained, not man-chosen or selected, and therefore not man-assumed. Say it out loud, God-ordained. Not self-assumed. Not self-assumed. You say it again. God ordained. 
Who has set everybody in the body as it has pleased him? Nobody has assumed a place in the body just of their own choosing by their will or by their great faith. We've said this before and it'll bear repetition. You know, parents, they mean well and they'll tell their children, honey, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. You're smart, you're beautiful, you're handsome. You can be anything. You want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be an athlete, you want to be a business owner. You can be anything you want to be. When you grow up. Well if Jesus is their Lord. That's not true. That's right. How many understand what I'm talking about? If Jesus is their Lord. It's not for them. Or you or whoever else. To decide what they want to be. It's for us to discover. What God has already ordained. For us to be. Because it's only there. That our grace is going to shine. It's only there. That we're going to flourish and develop properly and be fruitful. There's a lot of other things we can do. And people are doing it. People are making up their own life. They're making their decisions. One of the sad things in the body of Christ is that millions have not been taught anything about how to be led by the Spirit of God. That's one of the things I am most thankful for. Is uh, beginning to learn that under Brother Hagin's ministry and then him adding to it. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about or not. There are millions across the planet. They don't know one thing about this. And don't care to know. Don't think it's as important. How many know it is vital that you learn how to be led by the Spirit of God every day of your life? It's life and death. It's victory or defeat. How to be led. And the reason is is because... Many have taught that we have no responsibility, that it's just all up to God and, and He'll make it right. Well, no, we have a will. We can obey Him or not. And, you know, even though He's got a plan and a will for your life, you can rebel and do something totally different. You can go your own. Now, it's not going to be good. I didn't say you'd be lost. Maybe you still love the Lord. Maybe you're still saved, but it's going to be hard. And it's going to be one problem after another. And it's going to be frustrating. But there is a place. It's your wealthy place. Same place. (laughs) There's a place. Where you shine. Hallelujah. There's a place. Where you're graced to be. And it's not your choice. It's not any other man's or woman's choice. It's his choice. And you want to submit to it. You want to magnify it. You want to rejoice in his choice for you. Keep reading in Ephesians. He said that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are we saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I want you to say that last phrase. It is the gift of God. Say it again. It is the gift of God. One more time. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? This grace. And the salvation we can receive by the grace. It's all a gift. But specifically we're talking about the grace is a gift. And every grace that we have received is a gift. 
from him. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Put up the Amplified on this on the screen, please. The Amplified. We are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Isn't that what we're talking about in our text? When you're born again, God has created you, actually recreated you. Your spirit was a dead spirit. Your spirit has been recreated. Not only was your spirit recreated from dead to alive, from a child of the devil to the child of God, but it was recreated a living part of the eternal body of Christ. A specific part that fits in a specific place. Is this exciting, friends? This is exciting. And you were recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Why? That we may do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us. Every body part is designed to do a job. Isn't it? And the job that it can do and be a part of is a good job. It's a good work. It's something that helps people. Something that blesses people. Something that advances the kingdom of God. Oh, is this exciting? And how many have this privilege? Every member. Every member. Most of the members will not stand behind pulpits and preach. But it doesn't make their place and grace any less. So much of the good works need to happen outside the building here. Most of the people that don't know him, you know, they're not here. And they're not going to come here. Just on their own at a whim. But you're liable to rub shoulders with them. Come on in your neighborhood, at your job, at the bank. Did you hear me? At the office. And it's not a matter of just trying to preach and cram stuff down their throat all the time. It's a matter of living testimony in front of them. But then there are also graces on you that make you a blessing to be around. That make you a pleasure. And there's a lot of things that people, they might think that's the last thing I want to hear is any Bible verses or any preaching. But God has graced you in another area that they are highly interested in. And you help them and you're a blessing to them in that area. It might seem like it's got nothing to do with the Lord, but it'll open them up. It'll open up their spirit. Keep reading. Recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Taking paths which He has prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them. Living the good life. Which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. The good life. What is, that is a good life. When you found your place. Oh, hallelujah. When you don't feel unimportant or insignificant or unnecessary, but you're actually doing something that's contributing and it's, it's making a difference. It's helping somebody. That's a good life. I said, that's a good life. 
And of course, when you're able to sow like that, and you're helping other people, and you're being a blessing to them, helping them get their needs met, helping them get their dreams come true, when you're sowing like that, how many know you got to reap? It's got to come back to you. You're going to be reaping what you desire, what you need, what your dreams are, and that's the good life. Just having all your stuff you want is not a good life. It's not enough. I don't care how much money you got, how much stuff you got. If that's all there is to it, you will not be happy. You will not be satisfied. The true joy comes in God using you to help somebody else. Genuine help. Genuinely help somebody. These things are eternal. But this grace that enables us to find our place and walk in these paths, do these works that were foreordained, it is, and they are, the gifts of God. Said out loud, the gifts of God. While you're in Ephesians, you're real close to it. Look at the third chapter before we get away from here. The third chapter in the first verse says, For the which cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. What does that mean? Was Paul conscious of something that had been given to him? What? A dispensation of grace. Now, when we hear the word dispensation, our mind zooms off into eschatology and everything. No, no, no. This is the same word. Well, look at the first part of it. Dispense. Dispense. Anybody ever had a Pez dispenser? <laughs> now we're on the same page. <laughs> What's a Pez do? Dispenses. Only as long as it's loaded. <laughs> now if you's like me, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> And then it's not shooting anything because you out. <laughs> Dispense, dispensation. The same word is translated stewardship. Stewardship. Same word. Same, same King James Bible. Same Greek word. Translated dispensation is translated stewardship. So what does that mean? Paul was aware that God had dispensed and placed in him a grace that was able to be administered out for them. How many understand every one of us is supposed to be a Pez dispenser? Not just a Pez, but a grace. Grace dispenser. You got grace in you? And it's not just for you to sit in your easy chair and go, whoo, hallelujah. Whoo, I got the grace. Whoo, hallelujah. No, it is for somebody's help. Somebody's deliverance. Somebody's edification. And don't hyper-spiritualize it. So many people are missing it in these areas. You start talking about edifying somebody or helping somebody or delivering somebody. They think preaching, quoting scriptures... Casting out devils. Did you hear me? 
they limit it to so in their mind a spiritual. Some very spiritual things look very natural on the outside. You can do something that just looks like a not too important thing and yet do it with grace and it takes on a whole new meaning and it doesn't just accomplish a natural thing, but it gets inside people. It affects them. It opens up their heart. We are to be grace dispensers. Hmm? But before you can be a dispenser, you got to know that you got grace in you. Don't you? And thank God, the source of our grace is inexhaustible. You won't run out like you did on your Pez dispenser. Because we're not the source of our own grace. He is the source. And He is unfailing, unlimited inexhaustible isn't it wonderful and his grace is sufficient and more than enough somebody say glory to God he said if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me to you how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise by Christ, in Christ rather, by the gospel. He's explaining that's his grace. All this revelation that he got, he didn't attribute his long hours of study or his extensive education. Did you hear me now? No, 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 no. That'd be a lie. Because you can study till your eyeballs turn to raisins and not get one revelation. You can. You can read. You can get degrees until they all won't fit on the paper when you sign your name and just be as dumb as can be. It's the truth. It's the truth. If you got to, how many understand what Paul is talking about, what was revealed in this epistle, in that to the Romans, to the Corinthians? How many understand? This is God revealing himself and his plan. Paul, somebody said, boy, Paul had an amazing mind. Don't you give the glory to his mind? I'm sure he did have an amazing mind. But he, this is not the product of Paul's mind. And he's telling us that. He said, oh no. He said, if you've heard my preaching and you've read the letters, then you understand that God gave me a dispensation of grace. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Now see, these are the kind of people God can give more to. Because they don't take credit for it. They won't lie and take credit for it. They won't try to take glory to themselves. He's not just saying this, trying to be humble. He's saying this because this is the truth. This is how it is. He said, God gave me a stewardship of grace and unfolded this to me. Not just so I could say, hallelujah, boy, and I'm smart. He said, so I could give this to you. Keep reading. So it could be known that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereunto I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of 
God given to me by the effectual working of His power. Is He conscious that there's something in Him beyond Him? Oh, He is, isn't He? He said, I was made a minister by the gift of grace. Somebody, you know what we were saying earlier in Ephesians 2? It's the gift of God. Say it again, the gift of God. Say it again, the gift of God. This is something you didn't produce. This is something that wasn't your choice. And how many of us have these gifts? We saw scripture after scripture. Every one of us have something of this in us. Most people have multiple ones. And we need to find out what they are. And we need to yield to them. We need to believe God for them to develop. We need to grow in them. And as they grow and good things happen, we need to have enough sense to give the glory to God. Because it's not us. It's in us. But it's not from us. Say that out loud. It's in me. But it's not from me. Look there in uh, 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 4, 5. Said we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, that revelation coming out and being seen and on and being preached is that by dispensations of grace through his ministers, through Paul and these others. But look at this, verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It's the gift of God. It's not of us. It's not from us. We've got... This treasure, and how many understand this is excellent treasure. This is amazing, glorious treasure in a mud pot. Don't we? What's the mud pot? Right here. That's the mud pot. (laughs) The earthen container. And the earthen container is not always that much to look at. Even if you consider yourself to be very attractive, it still ain't attractive enough to get somebody saved. You ain't attractive enough to get somebody healed or or get their bills paid just because you're good looking. Ain't nobody that good looking. So it's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by His Spirit. And His Spirit is in you. Since this body is the home of your spirit, then it also becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit because He's in you. And He is the God and the Spirit of grace. He's called repeatedly in the New Testament the God of all grace. Hallelujah. His Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace. And I believe if you could see it, if your eyes were open and you could look down inside you, They are these beautiful, sparkling, diamond-like, 
glory treasures in you. Somebody say in me. In you. In you. Are you born again? Are you a member of the body of Christ? There are no dead, graceless members. Every member is a living member and a divinely graced member. How many of Philemon talked about acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus? I'm preaching by faith. I'm teaching by faith. I'm believing. Are you believing with me? I'm believing by faith that you, you, you will discover your graces. People watching by the internet. People that will watch these broadcasts. People that will download them. The devil's such a liar. He's such a cruel deceiver. He starts on children when they're young, young, trying to convince them through other children yielding to them and saying mean things and adults that hadn't got enough sense to not say mean things to try to get them to believe they are valueless. They're dumb, they're ugly, they can't do anything. He starts, as soon as a child can understand anything, trying to get that into them. And he'll do that through their childhood years, through their teenage years, through their young adults. you got 60 years old, folks, 70-year-old folks, and they got all this in them. They put on a good front, but it's still in them. They don't believe there's much to them. The devil's able to convince many people, oh, that your family would be better off without you. You're just taking up space. You're just, it's a lie. I said it's a lie. Are you born again? Are you a child of God? Are you a living member of the body of Christ? Then you have special divine graces in you. They are treasure things from God. Whether you've ever acknowledged them or not, they're there. Whether you've never, whether you've ever yielded to them at all or not, they're there. I said, they're there. They're there. I want you to think about this now. Is it true that man has a free will? But the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But man has a free will. I'm preaching to you. I'm teaching you. I'm pastor of this church. But I could have never preached one sermon. Did you hear me? I could have done something else. I like riding motorcycles. I could have been a hoodlum. <laughs> I could have been a biker. Somebody say, oh, no, brother kid. Oh, yeah. I like to fight. I like doing dangerous stuff. Are you listening? Yeah. I could be ripping down the road playing Born to be Wild. In all likelihood, dead by now. I visited the emergency room every summer. Got scars everywhere. Why? Trying to do crazy stuff. I could have, you know, tried to pursue something that would give me glory. I could have tried to make music. I could have tried to done this or that without God. Did you hear what I'm saying? 
lived and died and never developed the anointing to preach at all. It would have been like it wasn't even there. And yet, it would have been there. Are y'all with me, friends? You understand what I'm talking about? It would have been there my whole life long. And I could have lived and died and never even acknowledged an ability to teach and preach and to get revelation of God, much less develop in it. But I talked to you, and the reason I use myself because I know about me. I don't know about you, but the first message I ever preached, you know, the grace wasn't developed much. I talked about I held my finger on my notes so I wouldn't lose my place. And, and it was, if you believe it or not, it wasn't very long. I said everything I knew and then I said it again and looked at my watch and thought, well, praise the Lord. Y'all stand. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? Grace that you have, you must develop in. We saw in Romans that we have gifts according to the grace. But then we operate in these gifts according to our faith. Do you remember that? Romans 12 says that. So what I'm saying is millions live and die and never identify their grace. Do something else with their life. If you, especially if you ignore God and just go and do your own thing, then you, uh, you'll never even identify it, much less develop in it. It'll be like it's not there. But it is there. Jesus told us, he said, don't judge according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. How many know the Lord said, talking about Samuel, when he was selecting one of Jesse's sons, he said, don't look at the outward appearance, because the Lord looks on the heart. And our tendency being natural is to look on the outside, and you can look at somebody on the natural, and if they've never identified something and never developed in it, you can think, well, they got no ability in that area, and yet they may have. They may have tremendous ability in them, but they've never identified it, and they've never begun to yield to it. Now, before this is over with, we're going to go into some details about how to find it. Are you interested at all in this? How to find it, and how to develop in it. And how to stay in it. And how to finish up. At your full place. Now you don't start in your full place. But you can finish up. In the full orbed place and operation and ministry. The full measure of your grace. And that's not for your glory. If you're operating at the full measure of your grace, that means a lot of people are going to be getting help. A lot of people are going to be being helped and ministered to. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. 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 Say it out loud. I have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Put your hands on yourself. Say it out loud. I have treasure in this earthen vessel. Divine gifts of grace from my God. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Do you believe he's interested in you finding out about him? You know, he, he wouldn't put them in there and then want you to live and die and never identify them and develop in them. Certainly not. If you put them in there, he intends for you to use them. Operate in them. 
Be the body part you are ordained to be. Like we're reading in Ephesians. Find out about those good works that you're predestined to do. And follow that path that you are foreordained to get in and do. And live the good life. That is the good life. Live the good life. Glory to God that he prepared beforehand and made ready for us to live. Oh, he's a good God. His plan's a good plan. Now look in Hebrews. You might say, well, let's get into all that other right now. We're not ready. <laughs> we got to get this first. First thing you got to get. Are you with me so far? Let's go over again real slow. Who has set everybody in the church as it has pleased him? God has. Does everyone have gifts in them? Now, do you just believe that in theory, or do you have gifts in you? Do you? Hmm? In all likelihood, things you haven't fully tapped into. Do you believe it? You believe the Lord wants you to know about it. Does He want you to find it and operate in it and develop in it? Hmm? He loves you, right? He'll show you, right? He'll, He'll help you. So we can just go ahead and get in faith right now that we will find, we will develop, Lord Terrors is coming. Any length of time, we'll develop. And uh, fruit will come out. Thank you, Lord. And people will be helped. It'll make a difference in the kingdom, in people's lives. In Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5 is talking about Jesus and his ministry and his place. And it talks about him being the high priest, how there were types of the high priest before him, but now he is the ultimate high priest. He's the fulfillment of every type of high priest. Prior to this, uh, there had to be a change of the guard with the high priest because people didn't live forever. But now, how many understand we got the last high priest we will ever need? He is it. The eternal one. And uh, this is a high and lofty place beyond what we understand. But verse 4 says, no man takes this honor unto himself. But he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made in high priest... But he that said to him, you are my son, today have I begotten you. Can you take a place to yourself? No, you can't. Though many try. You cannot. So many times people are become enamored with others' callings and others' gifts. And they decide, that's what I want to be. And so they call themselves. And they separate their self unto that. And it's frustrating for them. It's frustrating for people around about them. And a large part of their thrust is convincing other people that I am this. Anytime you see that, you know it's not right. I'm of this. I'm of this. You got to receive me. 
No, they don't. You have to. No, they don't. They don't ever have to receive you. Jesus came unto his own. And they received him not. So if they didn't receive him, they don't have to receive you. Jesus himself did not take the honor unto himself. His place is ordained of the Father. Isn't it? Look in John, uh, John the third chapter. And the 27th verse. John 3 and 27. What does it say? John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except what? Except it is given him from heaven. Some have misunderstood faith. And they think, well, I can just take this with my faith. You can only take with your faith what's already been given to you. If it hasn't already been given to you, no amount of believing and confessing, I'm talking about with the things of God, we'll get it. I've heard people talk about anointings and graces and mantles. And maybe a man or woman of God that was used mighty of the Lord, they went home to be with the Lord. And people say, well, wonder, who do you think will get their mantle? You ever heard that? Who do you think will get their mantle? And you hear people talking about almost like there's a competition. Well, maybe this one will get it, or maybe that one will get it, like they're in the running for it. Uh-uh. There is no such thing. It's either theirs from the Lord... Or it's not. Did you hear me? And you can't lay hold of it with your faith and take a place and be a body part. You got to find out what you are and not try to be something else. Not compare yourself with somebody else or something else. Thank God for their graces and gifts, but don't try to be it. I know I grew up in uh, under Brother Hagin's ministry, and he operated in the prophet's ministry. And because that was our example, it seemed like half the people that came through the class or more, they're supposed to be prophets, they think. But that's because they're looking at his example, and they thank God they like what they see. But you can be a godly man, you can be a holy man, you can be a man of faith and not be a prophet. 1 Corinthians 12, you know, we got through reading, God has set every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. At the latter part of it, he said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Well, are all apostles, it said, what's the answer? No. No. Are all prophets? No. No. And yet all are a part of the body. And all of us have a place where we fit. We must not try to take a place unto ourself. We must find what's already been given to us. And by faith possess that. Does that make sense, friends? Very important. You don't want to despise or belittle what the Lord has chosen for you. If you find out this is my place. And you're saying, yeah, but I want to be uh, like them. No, you don't. Your head's just confused. You know what you want to be? You want to be what you are. 
if you'd have been better off being that, he would have made you that. What's best for you is what he's made you to be. You got to trust him on this, don't you? Trust him. Do not get something in your eyes and fixate on that and try to make yourself that and try to take that to yourself. I've used this parable and story before. It'll bear repetition. One time there was a little tree in the middle of the forest. He was a fig tree, but it was not fig season. And the leaves were off and the big trees were making fun of him. And he said, I'm a fig tree. I'm a really good tree. They said, oh, you little scrub bush. You're nothing. Look at you. I don't even have any leaves. No, but really I am. Really. I mean, big, big figs. Luscious, wonderful figs. I'm a fig. You, you should see. They said, oh, you little scrub bush. Shut up. You're, you're nothing. Look. Should this little fig tree, in exasperated tones, try to convince them all winter long? Huh? Or just what? just wait till the season and how many know if you are a fig tree help me out if you really are a fig tree you do not have to put up a big sign that says I am a fig tree you don't have to wear clothes that are fig tree clothes you don't have to run advertisements. You don't have to say, really, I'm a fig tree. You have to accept that I'm a fig tree. Just bear figs. And you won't have to say a word. If you are an apostle, there will be the fruit of an apostle. And there's no need for you to make claims and say, I'm a this and that. Do the work of one. Let the results speak for themselves. Did you hear me? If the call is there, if the grace is there, the fruit will be there. If your call is a prophet, there will be prophet fruit. If your call is a teacher, and that's just the five-fold ministry gifts. How many understand? We've already read there are many, many other ministries and graces besides those. Many, 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 many. We've already touched into that. Romans 12 talks about it. First Peter 4 talks about it. So, many have thought these positions are about prestige. But they are stations of service. I want to say that again slowly. They're not positions of prestige. They are stations of service. Bless people's hearts. There are folk that are putting all kind of labels and tags and names on their self and demanding acknowledgement. And they got no fruit. Don't do that. Don't claim titles. Don't put names on yourself. Somebody say, what's your ministry? Helping people. <laughs> Loving the Lord and helping people. What are you? I'm a Lord lover and people helper. <laughs> Amen. 
if you have certain graces that are mentioned in the Bible, as you develop in them, it'll be evident to people who know, to people who see. But that's not the big deal. How many understand what I'm talking about? That's not the big deal. Whether somebody calls you this or that, or you can put any kind of a label on an empty can. Can't you? You can put the most beautiful, four-color, elaborate label on the can. Doesn't put anything in the can. You'd rather have an amazing label on an empty can? Or you'd rather have something amazing in the can with no label? Huh? Which would you rather have? That's why we're not big on titles and labels around here. But we are big on finding our place. And we are interested in fruit. Real fruit. And we don't have to be concerned about could there anything ever be in the can. Something is in the can. Something's in the can. You have this treasure. Stand up on your feet. Say it out loud. I have this treasure. In an earthen vessel. Is there something in the can? It's a mud can. Huh? But you got something in there. It is amazing. I mean, I can see it with my mind's eye. Can you see it? I mean, like beautiful, sparkling orb things. They're real. They're spiritual. They're from God. They're grace. And they're in you. They're in you. Somebody say, they're in me. Say it again, they're in me. Say it again. They're in me. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Oh, thank you, Master. Put your hands on yourself again. Put your hands on your belly again. And thank God for what He's put inside you. Lord, we believe what you said in your Word. You said to every one of us, every one of us, you've given gifts. That means me. That means every one of us. So we believe it, and we receive it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Said out loud, Lord God, in Jesus' name, thank you for hearing my prayers, opening my eyes, showing me what you've put inside me, and how to yield to it. And how to develop in it. I'll not be afraid. I'll not be unbelieving. I'll believe it. And I'll develop in it. By your grace. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. Here's the question. Are you willing? You've asked the Lord. Do you believe he'll show you things? Are you willing? What if it's different than what you thought? What if it's not in the areas that you thought for sure that it would be? 
What if it's different than what you thought? Will you be willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? Come on, somebody say, I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord. I delight to do your will. Even if it's different from anything I've thought. Even if it's different from what I thought I wanted. Not my will. Your will be done. I'm willing. Show me. I'm willing. I'll be willing. I'll be obedient. And I'll eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.